You are listening to St. George's Episcopal Church Sermon Podcast. We are an inclusive, growing faith community located in historic downtown Fredericksburg, Virginia. Learn about us on the web at stgeorgesepiscopal.net. Please pray with me. Gracious God, put into my mouth the words you would have me to speak and put into our hearts the words you would have us to hear. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Well, Jesus has gone and got himself in trouble. The chief priests and the elders of the temple, they hear Jesus' teaching. They see Jesus healing sick people in their space. Jesus, just a few verses before the ones we heard this morning, has overturned the tables of the money changers and the dove sellers. And so the chief priests come up and they say, Who gave you this authority? And another way of saying that is, who's really in charge here? Because we thought it was us. Jesus is in trouble. Because, and they want to know who's in charge. Well, I think the answer to that question is pretty obvious. Who's in charge? God's in charge, right? All right, that's pretty obvious, but we don't always act like it's obvious. But that is the good news, I think, of this morning's gospel. If you remember nothing else, remember this. God is in charge. God's in charge. Okay. All right, maybe I got a little more to add to that. What does that mean for us? Well, let's look at how Jesus gets into trouble. What's he doing that's so troubling to these chief priests and elders? Well, he's messing with their power, and he's messing with their money. Power and money. Because there's the chief priests by the law, by the Holy Scriptures, they are the ones in charge of the sacrifices in the temple. And the temple was the center of the Jewish faith. In Jerusalem, it was the place where God was thought to dwell. And so people came from far and wide to offer, to make their offerings, their sacrificial offerings, to give their money. And by God's grace, sometimes to be be healed of sickness or or cleansed of impurities. And the priests were in charge of that. And so here Jesus is healing the blind and the lame, the things that the priests couldn't do. Here Jesus is overturning the tables of the money changers, he's challenging their power. Jesus is also messing with their money because those, temp- those, those money changing tables, you see, you couldn't put a, a Roman coin into the, the temple treasury. That would be considered unclean. Any money that wasn't Jewish couldn't go into the treasury. So conveniently, they had a little exchange booth over here where you could exchange your Gentile money for Jewish money for a small fee. And likewise, if you wanted to come and make your sacrificial offering, if you were rich, the Bible says you offer a bull. If you were not as rich, the Bible says you offer a sheep or a goat. And if you're poor, the Bible says you can offer a turtle dove or a pigeon. But how many poor people have turtle doves and pigeons just lying around? If you want to make your offering, well, we just so happen to have a little booth over here where you can purchase a turtle dove or a pigeon for maybe a slightly exaggerated fee. 
Jesus sees these exploiters of the poor at work in the temple of God, and he overturns their tables. And that gets the chief priests and the elders upset. He's messing with the collection plate. Now, I can't say that I can really blame the chief priests. Power and money. Power and money. They go to the heart of who we think we are sometimes. And if someone comes along messing with my my need to be in control, someone comes along messing with my bank account, well, you can better believe I'm going to say, who gives you the right? We get pretty defensive when it comes to our control and our money. Jesus has come to help us deal with that. That need to be in control. That need to hold on. To remember that God is in charge. Jesus comes to restore the balance. The balance that's often tilted in favor of the powerful and the rich and against the powerless and the poor. He comes to restore the balance in our hearts and to to wipe clean the balance sheet of our sins that we've gotten through all of our hard-heartedness. Jesus comes to help us get unstuck from the times when we are stuck in our need to control and hold on tightly. And that's why we, we come together here to practice receiving that gift of grace, letting go, and to practice giving because God's in charge. So it is that time of the year when you're getting lots of mail that's saying, please give us money. Give money to this, to that. Lots of wonderful work going on in the world. And our pledge cards are out there for you to pick up. We didn't put them in the mail this year because we wanted them to be kind of special and set apart. But it seems a lot like there's a lot of people asking for money. And this can sometimes feel burdensome. It can feel like a lot. So I want to, I'm just going to put this out in the open this morning. And I'm going to say the church is not asking you to give. The church is not asking you to give. The church, really, we are all the church, right? All of us. It's not like I'm up here as the church and you're out here. We are all the church. We're not asking each other to give. We are inviting each other to practice. To practice letting go of some of that control. To practice admitting that God is in charge through our giving. Giving of our, of our money. Giving of our time and our talent and our work. And just giving of our prayer. The fact that you are here this morning is a gift. It is a gift to each other. It is a gift to God. So just will you just look at each other and say, thanks for being here this morning? Thanks for being here. It's a, you've, made your off, you've made the first offering of the day by showing up this morning. The pledge cards, they're out there to be picked up. We can do it online. However... However we, we offer our gift, the primary reason, though, because I've, I've had people say this, well, isn't it just because the church needs money to pay the bills, to pay the salaries, to keep the lights on? And yes, it is true that the church needs money, but that's not the primary reason why we are asking each other to make this gift, or sometimes we call it to make a sacrifice while we are inviting each other, not asking, but inviting each other to practice. We are, we are inviting each other to practice so that we can restore the balance 
within ourselves so that, as, so that together we can go out into the world and help restore the balance in the world. And we often talk about making a sacrificial offering. And we use that word sacrifice not because it's supposed to hurt, not because it's supposed to be painful or a sense of loss. A sacrifice means to make holy. And when we make our offering, it's not that we make ourselves holy. We make our offering in recognition of the fact that we are made holy by God's grace. And our sacrificial offering is the gift that reminds us that we are God's. That reminds us that God has given us an irresistible invitation to be in covenant and community and love and fellowship together. And so how much we give is a reflection of how much we feel like we are part of that irresistible, holy, wonderful fellowship. Now the Bible says that that needs to be 10%. And for some of us, that's just right. For others of us, 10% is too low. That doesn't indicate just how, how wonderful we feel like this is, how, how we are made holy by God's grace. And for some of us, 10% feels way too high. And I want, the word I want to use this morning is exercise. We are inviting each other to exercise. And with any exercise, giving or working out at the gym, we start where we are. We don't start by running a marathon if we're not ready for that. So here's this metaphor I've been playing with about giving and the invitation to practice. It's, it's like going to the gym, okay? Coming to church is like going to the gym. And God gives us grace. God, God pours in the energy drink, okay? The energy drink of grace. And then we feel ready to go, right? And we come to this gym and we practice giving. And that's, that's kind of like getting on the treadmill or the bike or whatever. It's, it's a spiritual practicing of exercising. And what's, what's good about exercise? Well, it, it opens our heart, gets things moving, gets us unstuck from the places where we're holding on too tightly. Now, the thing about the, the, the gym of the church is that all the machines, all, this, all these giving machines, all these being involved machines, they're all connected to generators that then charge the batteries that keep the lights on in the gym. Y'all follow me here? So, so you go to the gym to get exercise, right? But the sideline benefit is the lights stay on. And when we give of ourselves, when we give of our time and our talent and our money, it is for the purpose of this exercise of letting go of our need to control, of learning how to be generous and loving and caring and kind. And we do that through our offerings of many kinds. And then the sideline benefit is the lights stay on. And when you're here and I see your shining faces, the lights are on. And when we go out into the world to share the love and to proclaim God's mercy and justice, the lights are staying on. And yes, when you give your money, the lights stay on. But it is for the purpose of letting go. The purpose of giving in, surrendering to God's irresistible invitation. Because God is in charge. And when God is in charge... We get charged, and we are given a charge, and we charge each other, 
And the wonderful thing about God's authority and God being in charge is that God is not heavy-handed the way that the world is. God doesn't push us down and coerce us. God's authority is enlightening. It lifts us up. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So when we give of prayer, when we give of time and, and work, when we give of money, we are exercising with Jesus. But God's not going to make us do it. God's not going to make us go to the gym. And there will be times where we don't want to. Just like in the story Jesus tells, there's the first son, go to the vineyard and work. No, I'm not going. But what does he do? He changes his mind. He changes his mind. The sin of the chief priests and the elders was not that they challenged Jesus' authority. It's that they refused to change their mind. They refused to see that Jesus was healing, that Jesus was restoring the balance. They refused to let go. We can change our mind because God is in charge. And as God invites us into the vineyard to go to work, to offer ourselves, there will be a harvest abundant, fruit beyond our imagining. God is in charge. In the words of Philippians, God is the one who enables us both to want and to actually live out God's good purposes. Isn't that good news? God's in charge.